Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Your Brand Amplified. And I'm very excited to have another marketing and PR pro in the room with me. Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a great, fun conversation. I am really excited. Just your energy already is so vibrant. It's yes. That, I mean, that's what, it's, yeah. It's Friday. <laughs> it's, it's, what do you expect? <laughs> TGIF. Um, so you are a marketing philosopher, which I love that, brand consultant and speaker who really dives into um, the human humanistic side and the empathy side of what we do. So first, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background and your story with our audience and how sure. you got to where you are today. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a, an interesting journey. Um, I'm a creative director by heart and an mm -hmm. artist. So I'm that guy who used to like to be in the dark room in the back of, you know, of, of the agency or whatever, just designing and listening to my music and really not interacting with people. When I bought Jaffe and and took over, you know, the, the 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 helm, I guess, you know, and and really started to develop where this brand was going to go. And so Jaffe is a, a PR agency, mm -hmm. um, and has been a PR agency for uh, almost forty five years. Wow! But I realized from that point that we needed to be a lot more than a PR agency. So I really tried to to diversify the agency as much as possible. But my role changed so much that I had to go out of the back, you know, dark room of design. <laughs> yes. And I actually had to speak to people and to start managing people and to start inspiring people. And I realized that my calling had all of a sudden changed. Wow. And, you know, years of, of not enjoying speech class um, <laughs> and now finding an opportunity to have a soapbox and I never realized how much I loved sharing and speaking mm. to, to folks. Um, and that really got me into looking at marketing and, and PR and branding specifically yeah. from a different angle than the idea of what we come to love with commercials and what we kind of grew up watching and the jingles and the way that we connected with, with brands you know, I really saw a different opportunity for us to connect at that, that human level. And that's kind of what's driven my career so far. I love that so much. Um, yeah, I've been, I've had a very varied career um, in marketing and PR as well. And I, th I thought it was funny that you noted that you started as a creative director, the person in that back room, because I was just thinking, um, you know, when you're working with a market research company or a specific or media buying, those are very different personalities then the digital media marketing PR strategy. Okay. We got to get out and like, really, you know, make sure our team is all in really <laughs> talk to the clients, figure out the strategy. But then when I go visit some of my sister agencies, um, you know, they're all market research. They're all just sitting there typing away and it's, it's not the same experience. <laughs> so I love that you were able to transition from being in that room and realize how much you really loved being front and center and really people centered. Yeah, it, it was a really amazing to even experience that part of me because it just, it didn't exist. It was fear. And, and the funny part is what I realize now is I really enjoy being on the stage. I don't care how many people are in the mm -hmm. audience to share that story and to try to connect. 
it's when it ends is when the panic still comes. I'm not a networker. <laughs> I have people for that. So mm. I'm not very good on the one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> yeah. I also like to speak in a, uh, I like to speak on stage. I like to speak. I have no fear of that. Love to get up in front of people and talk about anything, anytime. Um, but yeah, that networking piece, and I consider myself an extrovert, but that it's, I think that's, it's not natural for anybody to get past yeah. that. Yeah, I, I've seen some amazing people who could talk to anybody about anything. And I love the way that they draw people into them and they make those connections. Mm -hmm. For me, I want to make the connection first. And then it's easier mm. for me to go, you know, yeah. kind of in and share a bit more because I have a connection with you. And I think it's the sharing that really starts to create the relationships. Um, and I think that's exactly where, for me, marketing, business development, and branding has gone. It's not to be sold to. Nobody yeah. wants to be sold to. Nobody exactly. wants to be a client. Nobody wants to be a quota. <laughs> you know, we're all people and we want to connect with people and have relationships. And that's the part where I saw this kind of shift and this ability to put humanity and people first in the way that we market and think and not be stuck in the idea that technology is just technology. So I'm going to hit send. Exactly. What you're hitting send to is people. And that was the whole different dynamic and where things started to change for me. And empathy really became a powerful piece and brand and client relationship and even leadership. Well, and that all of those things, especially in the last few years, have really become front and center because younger generations demand it. Um, they want to know that the brand is authentic. They want to hear an authentic voice. They don't, like, as you said, they just don't want to be sold to. They want to know what your, you know, social responsibility is. Yes. How is your brand helping people as yes. well? How are you showing your everyday values in what you're doing and what you're showing to the world? Um, and I think this goes to something we were talking about right before we pushed record, which is, um, you know, it does map back. I mean, obviously there have to be KPIs brands hire us because they do want to increase revenue. They want to be seen by more people. Um, they want to get in front, front and center of their customers, um, whether it's B2B, B2C, or their invest, potential investors, you know, donors. Yep. So how do you see, how have you seen the landscape shift in marketing and branding um, to help increase revenue, productivity, and meet the new world goals of what, what, the, what is being demanded by consumers. Well, and you hit it on the head because the change has happened recently. It's happened because of the pandemic. And if we watched what happened and we watched big corporate America buying ad spots and those ad spots now showed humanity in action, yeah. showed people coming together. And you started to see that there's a trend happening now that we're changing a dynamic of again, being sold to. And what I started to realize and what I started to, to witness was People didn't want to buy a brand. People don't want to be sold by a brand. People mm -hmm. want to connect with and, and build those relationships with people. The industry that I work is the legal industry. So lawyers and law firms and, and legal providers, you know, of, of, um, or, or supporters of the legal community. And so their dynamic was very interesting because they're lawyers. Everything is right. very pragmatic. Everything is very protected. And you think about in our creative world, everything had to go to legal and then it got <laughs> destroyed. And then it came back to your desk and you're like, no, that, we lost all the creative. So these people, I had an opportunity to say, look, these are humans too. These are mm -hmm. real people. They're very creative. They're funny. They have wonderful lives. And the more I got to understand them, 
I wanted to break the stigma of that brand alone. But a lot of that is also based on the way those service accounting firms, law firms, they're built because they're built through an equity partnership, which mm -hmm. is really based on the 80s and 90s, that mentality of, <laughs> of boardroom profit. Right. And so for me, I saw that there was a better opportunity instead of thinking of that boardroom profit to think more about the people. And if you empower the people more, then the profits increase. So if you look back at marketing as a whole and you start to think about it and you think, but wait a minute, if we empower our people, if we are more transparent, we communicate better, we set goals and share goals, and we also welcome everybody to bring their whole self to work. This is mm -hmm. the real important part to me, allowing you to be your whole self, but also you being comfortable to be your whole self. Think about that from you know, um, profit. Think about that from productivity. If I'm uncomfortable going into the office yeah. every day, I'm only going to bring a part of me every day. Mm -hmm. So that's not fair to the client. That's not fair to my peers. And that's certainly not fair to me. Now, imagine if I could come whole, the difference in that dynamic, the way that I would become more, you know, in tune to the, the agency, the goal, the, the company, you know, whatever that is that you're working for, being part of the team more so, you're going to work more hours, you're going mm -hmm. to have more innovation. I mean, without empathy, we don't even have innovation. So you start to look at the emotional side of this mm -hmm. and you start to realize we marketed in one way for years and it worked because we were marketed too. And again, we like the jingles and we had fun, <laughs> but we're not looking to do that anymore. We're looking to create relationships and trust. And then, and that trust, as you said a little while ago, has to be organic and has to be authentic. Yeah. And we now have all the tools to call BS on all of those things. And that mm -hmm. puts the power in a very different place when we think about ourselves as marketers. We're not, yeah. we don't have that power of big TV and, and magazines and stuff to communicate, you know, something about our brand that maybe was sticky. Mm -hmm. The stories have to resonate in a very different way. And that's in an emotional way. Yeah. So there are a couple of things that, came to mind when you were saying this one is I have a couple of referrals for you. <laughs> um, not that I want to take business away from myself, but one is um, a law firm in Houston that one of the lawyers said, gosh, we need an app that shows diversity in lawyers. And so people can look up any, you know, any state. Okay. You want, whether it's somebody who's differently abled um, somebody who's a certain ethnicity, um, certain religion, um, whatever it is, so that you can find the lawyer that's going to be best suited to you and to what you need. And so that's a way of be, of showing lawyers as people, not just as you know the person who's billing you <laughs> however much money to sit and do this work for you. And the second is another Houston firm. Now I don't live in Houston, but I used to, so I have deep <laughs> connections there. Um, and that firm we did something a little different during the pandemic. We started doing a little show that would bring on creatives. And so talking about IP for creatives and how to protect your IP. And I'm sure as, as a creative yourself, you know, it was really great because we were able to show. Um, and then this, this law firm started going to like um, comic book conventions because the main lawyer, he's a Doctor Who expert. So he's already going to these things, but then he could talk to artists who are doing that. Like, how do you protect your IP? What can be your IP versus what's something that is already trademarked, you know, um, 
by somebody else. And, you know, you can maybe get away with doing some fan art, but you can't really make that your own, even tattoo conventions, because tattoo artists need to protect their work. So it, it went into all these other things and niches that because of the interests, the personal interests of the lawyers in the law firm, they were able to open up a whole new market of potential clients. That's exactly right. And I have seen more stories of that. And social media has helped with that a lot Mm -hmm. because you can now get invested into, like you said, going to the comic book trade shows, going to Comic-Con, whatever that might be. There was a young associate that I worked with that was in um, the FDA, the food and drug. And Mm -hmm. so he found himself going to the food markets because his law was dealing with the, um, the freshness of produce. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, so all of the different dynamics of from the farmer to the table and what happens in that loss of, of, of of freshness, you know, and those kind of things. So he's at markets with farmers and stuff. So he started to use Instagram Mm -hmm. and he started to be a part of the community more and his business grew. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing, regardless of what the industry is, is the more that you allow yourself to get involved in that, to kind of have that empathy, have that that connection, but be a part of the the process or the need or the service or whatever it is that you're creating. Microsoft is good at this now with their new CEO Satya Nadella, who you know who realizes that empathy was everything, coming from a beautiful culture himself, and then writing, you know, Microsoft in a way that said, "I need to empower people to create things that help people live a better life." And when we think of that, and every day you get up and go, I want to help a really great lawyer, help an amazing client, create an amazing thing that's going to change somebody's life. It changed the way you get up because my connection is with this person who's helping a person who's helping a person not selling a widget. Exactly. That's a big dynamic change. Yeah. Well, and then also how you talked about whole selves, not just for our clients, but also our employees and our staff. Um, during the pandemic, it, and even now, the repercussions of that, um, I had a team member who was, who was really great at, I mean, she could do, you know, um, video, she could do social media, she was really great at pitching, just all the different things. Um, and so I thought, okay, this is a chance for her to grow into a client-facing role, but she's mm-hmm. so painfully shy. That was not the fit for her. And she wanted to quit rather than have to Oh that because she realized her, she said, you know, I have realized it's taken me a long time to be okay with this. These are my limits and this is what I feel comfortable doing. And I will never feel comfortable doing that. And so I said, please don't quit. Just take some time off, go regroup, take some mental health time, come back. And we will make sure that the position that you're in is the right one for you. You know? Um, and I think it's, it, it's not always easy to find that flexibility, but if it's somebody you really want to keep and somebody you really value as a team member and you, you know, you see how you can continue working together and building something beautiful, you, you have to, you know, build that in. And, and again, let's go back to the big keyword that came out of the, the pandemic, um, one that was my soapbox and that's empathy. So if you didn't have that empathy, you would have lost somebody that was very valuable to your, to your organization and to you. And that's exactly where I think we are. When you think of that whole self, when you think of empathy, when you think of the way that we lead people, work with people, mentor people, if we're doing it basically our way, 
-hmm. We're not listening to them. We're not creating that, that level of empathy. Mm -hmm. And I've just looked at all these different dynamics as a leader also from the same perspective. And, and, and you, and you, you meant, you mentioned well-being and mental health, and here we are in mental health awareness month. Yeah. And, and that's really important to me. I'm, I'm the co-chair of the well-being committee for the legal marketing association. Mm -hmm. And I find that if we do not eliminate the stigma again, of the whole self and the individuals within the workplace and the idea of well-being and mental health, um, we're going to continue to lose really talented, talented people. And there's greater value if you step back, there's greater profit, there's greater innovation, there's greater success, there's greater everything when you can respect the people and the individuals that make up your team. You know, as a leader, I can't do it all. I have great <laughs> ideas, but I'm a bad doer. You know, I will tell all of my people, no, no, you need to remind me to do that. You need to remind me you need that for me. I don't care if I'm the boss. When I'm on your team, you're the team leader. Yeah. And you need to use my service for what my service might be branding, creative, whatever that would be. And you empower people to be successful. And we didn't do that. We had these hierarchies and we had these, you know, people afraid to, um, to be out sick or yeah. they're running late or whatever. We're all human. Every single day mm. is out of our control of what will happen on that given day. And if we can't expect that, then you might as well work in AI or other areas in which yeah. you don't have to deal with that human control. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Or being expected. So what are some of the ways um, that you work when you work with a client helping align them with their social good or their, you know, how they want to show up in the world. How can people use, because sometimes I think people think, you know, there's so many different things people think of PR. Um, and some people think, I was just talking to somebody else about this, that th there are some people who don't understand all the different facets and what a PR strategy is. And it's not marketing, it's not sales. It needs to be one part of your integrated strategy, right? Yeah. Um, and you have to be careful about earned media versus paid media. And a lot of people who don't understand what PR is think, oh no, but if I'm paying for that article, that's going to be really great. I'm like, well, that's not really a real magazine. That's not really a real publication. So you're going to see it posted there. But if you really looked it up, you would you know, be able to figure out pretty easily or yeah, having a press release go out and um, it populates on you know, NBC affiliate in the middle of Kansas you know, that's, you, you don't, you can't really say you're on NBC. <laughs> that's exactly right. And a lot of that is the perception right now. Of, mm -hmm. Like we've worked this industry, you know, marketing, PR, branding, creative, advertising, this has been going on forever. And so we, they become silos in a lot mm -hmm. of ways in the ways that we, we think. And when we started talking earlier, we talked about integration. To me, that's absolutely critical. But it's not only critical in the idea that for the goal in which you want to reach, which you've articulated to me, we need to do this, 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 and this, and this. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't hire you to do those things. I, I hired you to do this. And they don't understand mm. how they all contribute to that. And PR is a great example of that because PR really falls into that vanity category by most people's perception. Right. So when you think of a large organization where 
marketing budgets are being shared and a lot of people can control or have a portion of that budget. You've got one person over here who's getting really great traction in media or PR or even social media. There starts to be, you know, that jealousy, mm. that sense of this is vanity. So because we were a PR agency first, and then when I altered the brand to really bring in all the other elements, which I thought were extremely important, I thought that I need to shift the thinking of PR. If mm -hmm. I can only, I can break down the silos and explain it to you, but you're probably going to think I'm selling you all these other services without you understanding why you didn't call me about PR. You called me about business development, nice. but I'm bringing PR into the mix. And what I started to realize was PR now is directly connected to business development, therefore connected to relationship development, mm -hmm. therefore connected to mm -hmm. revenue. And if I took it from vanity to revenue, and I could explain to you, if you hired three new talented people and you wrote a press release and mm -hmm. put that out, you have started their business development opportunity from that beginning. Mm. The day you write the press release is the day you start to articulate their brand, their personal brand and who they are. And personal brand is actually where we are today. And that's the power. <laughs> it's in the individual, right? So if you break PR down and say PR is a business development function, mm -hmm. it changes the philosophy of that. Or social media is part of so, um, individual branding. So is PR. So when you start to think of, okay, branding is this, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. These are my values. Um, this is my why. Okay. That's great. You've articulated that and marketing's helped you write that. But the world we're in today, they don't want you to articulate that. They want to experience that. Yeah. And so you can share and show through things like PR and social media, email marketing, these stories, these case studies, these connections, these real life, authentic, organic things. And that to me is where the relationship begins with the brand mm -hmm. when you can do that so much more so. So a lot of it was breaking down years and years and years legacy thought about what PR was, what business development was, nice. what marketing was. And if you do really break it all down, it all is based on one thing. Why am I even bothering wasting my exactly. time to help you? <laughs> To increase revenue. End of story, you know. Yeah. And so if you break them all down like that, now you've got where you started this integration. And now it makes sense because I can reach more people by telling your story through PR. I can validate to other clients yeah. they made the right choice through PR, through telling these stories. So we always we have a tagline, adapt to change and share your story with the world. The That's two main things I think that we have to do in business constantly. Yeah. And what do you say, um, and I don't know if you have this issue in your world, but um, people also, part of the authenticity is that people want to hear the stories behind the brand. So for a law firm, they want to hear about each person. They don't want to just hear, okay, this is our big law firm and we've won all these cases. And they really want to get to know people on an individual basis. And sometimes founders or lawyers or whomever are not as comfortable sharing that, you know, and probably need some media training and maybe bio needs to be tweaked to make it a little more jazzy and interesting. But how, how do you overcome um, those objections for those founders and entrepreneurs who are listening to this right now and really thinking, no, I'm supposed to, it needs to be focused on my brand. And we're saying no, because you are the brand. You are the brand. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, let's just go back to the legal community, the law firm community. They're not buying the law firm. They're buying the, they're, they're 
building a relationship with the lawyer. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if the lawyer leaves to go to another firm, that's revenue generation to the other firm because mm. the client stays with the lawyer, okay. not with the law firm. Interesting. So think about building that personal brand under the umbrella brand is actually more important than the umbrella brand itself. And so when we think of, of building those brands and telling those stories, then therefore we're raising those profiles. And in my mind, in the service industry, that's one of the things we want to do. But when you think about it from the way that you asked, this is a generational problem. That you <laughs> and if we have four to five generations working in our businesses right now, you have generational divide. Yeah. And therefore, leadership looks at the older generations more as the rainmaker, more as those that kind of have paved their way. So they get more of a nod. Mm. And you're not focusing on the other generation. So therefore, you're not bringing to them the things they need to succeed or those things that you listed, corporate social responsibility, um, work-life balance, um, empathy in itself, you know, mm -hmm. all of those things that they're looking for and expecting in their relationship, you're still stuck in other generations that have different demands and different thoughts. Mm -hmm. So my first thing is to say, hey, number one, you have to create a team dynamic because your clients are demanding and looking for team dynamics. Look at Coca-Cola. Look at some of these huge corporations that have determined how DE&I yeah. you know, will come into play and demanding that. And so when you ask that question about you know, the individual who holds the client and says, I'm not taking the team in or I'm not introducing anybody mm. to them and I'm not even putting it in the contact management system because I don't want this one over here to contact them. That whole dynamic has to change because the demand is team-based. Yeah. And I just had an opportunity to be a fly on the wall Ooh. and listen to in-house counsel of large corporations talk to review pitches that law firm did and then critique them. And I had a client there in the room and I had some other folks. I just uh, had a presentation the day before and people were kind of referring to it. But what I got to take away was a big part of what you just asked. And so people came in with a group of, of four or five attorneys and they gave a presentation. One person gave the presentation. Mm -hmm. They're like, we don't want to hear from one person. We want to hear the story from everybody. Nice. We want to hear how each one of those dynamics creates the firm, creates the team, creates the solutions for me. And, and so the next firm went up and they did theirs and they were a bit more integrated in the way they shared the, the, the time speaking. And this one woman told her story, you know, that when she came to America, it was on an airplane, you know, and so she reset the stage. Okay. You weren't born here. You're not an American, you, but you're, you're here, you're American now, and you work for American law firms, et cetera. And she's told the story and she choked up and the general counsel choked up and they loved it. And they said, this is what we want. We, we wouldn't have you here in the room. And this is what I think more businesses need wow. to understand. You're not called, to, you're called to the table because they've already gone through, done their due diligence, and you can check off the expertise things that they need, the mm -hmm. industry knowledge, how long you've been in the business, your accolades, your rankings, all those things they can see. But what they can't see is the heart, right? They can't see the emotional connection. And if you think of it from a sales perspective, it's 95% of any decision we make as human beings is based on emotion. So if you think from an RFP or a pitch yeah. perspective, and 
they'd have no emotional connection to any one of the companies that they're speaking to. They're going to go to page 72, which is bottom <laughs> line, and they're going to go based on number. Well, these folks said, no, you know, we want more creativity. We want more sharing of um, your people. We want to hear from everybody. We want to have an emotional connection. That is way different than what we used to think about and way different from my industry, the legal industry, to think about it because you just don't allow emotion to get involved in business in that way. Yeah. And if you rethink that, a lawyer should only be based on creating those empathetic emotional relationships because you have to understand what keeps them up at night, especially if it's a bet the wow. farm situation, you know? That just gave me chills. Um, and it reminded me of recent experiences I've had where, cause I love working with, um, a di you know, diverse entrepreneurs, startups who are, who have some component, whether they're a tech company, med tech, health tech, ed tech, whatever it is, or a nonprofit, they have some component of social justice or trying to help change the way we navigate the world. And so that's my background and um, coming into another agency that I recently merged with, um, we're more generalist. And a lot of the clients, I'm, it's like great because I can bring in some of the clients that I wouldn't have brought into my former agency, that, but people I have relationships with, but just not my expertise. But it has been a barrier when I have um, those kind of heart-centered clients say, well, I want to meet your whole team. Who's going to be working on my account? Are they invested in who I am? Yep. And they, you know, sometimes say that was very professional, you know, great. I see that you, you know, maybe you, you and you will do this, but I don't know that this other person would. And so maybe we win part of the business. Maybe we win, you know, none of it. Maybe we right. win all of it because they did see something and they trust that I'm going to steer, steer that ship correctly. But it, breaks my heart when I don't get those because I look, okay, how can I help continue to create a cultural shift in my workplace? And I think I would love for you to talk about how you've continued to encourage people to be their whole selves and bring that empathy into your workplace. It's a cultural shift, just like <laughs> you said. And so the two things that I like to talk about is empathy and culture have a seat at the table. Mm. And so you hit it, right? People want to align with cultures that they are comfortable with, ones that are going to empower them to succeed. And I think coming out of the pandemic that we're in a talent market, you know, like in real estate, you've got the buyer's market and the seller's market. We're in a talent market. So right now, people can start to write their own direction of where they're going to go professionally. Yeah. Because they can shop and find the right culture that best fits them. And in the pandemic, I think we realized either this did not support me and my family. So therefore I'm going to find another opportunity. So talent has a lot of power right now to find the right culture that benefits them. Same with clients, this culture, your culture is not in line with the culture in which we're working on from our boardroom perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's happening. There's this real sense of line in the sand and alignment because things are very, there's a lot of contrast in things that we do today and the way that we operate personally and professionally. So culture becomes one of the most powerful thing because that's what dictates retention and mm -hmm. recruiting in so many ways. And it also allows you to understand how relevant 
a brand is today. And that's where I talk a lot about adapting to change. If your brand is not adapting, therefore it's not irrelevant. You could be a 140 year old brand and still be relevant today mm -hmm. because you understand those historical things that created the culture. And I like to go back to that idea of the why I even did this in the first place. <laughs> and if that still exists 146 years later, you've got a strong culture that you've built yourself on. Wow. But that culture has become, again, directly connected to profit, to revenue growth, to success. So now people are understanding, so what is my culture? And, and you start to now have these wonderful brand and cultural discoveries. Mm -hmm. And what they also realize is internally, you can get a lot of subjective opinion of what your culture is. Externally, you're going to get exactly what your brand is and culture is perceived to be. Yep. And usually it's exactly the thing they expect from the brand promise from you. So I always say, look, go out to the client spend more time with the customer, understand what it is that they gravitated to, what became sticky, that is one of your brand attributes. That's one of your brand characters, not some of those superficial ones that we create and put on a wall. Right. Culture became taking those core values off the wall yeah. and living them. And that's how we're measured today. So to me, culture is the most important thing. And those cultures of kindness, those cultures of compassion, and those cultures that really want to reach down and lift other people up, the whole idea of all ships rise with the tide. Yep. To me, that's the relevant, successful culture today. And to me, that's why culture matters so much. And it's a hard discussion. Mm. And here's one other tip. <laughs> if you really want to know your culture, go as far down into the business that you can get. Get away from your, your rainmakers. Get away from your executive committee. Get away from your senior people. Talk to everybody else. Yeah. They'll tell you exactly what the culture is at your organization. It's a really good reminder to us all, even as individuals, we have our perception of ourselves, but our perception is not how other people perceive us. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And so you, you create that dynamic. Oh, we're this and we're this and we're this. No, not yeah. at all. <laughs> I don't experience that at any given day when I come to work for you. And that to me is the transparency, the exposure, the openness for people to experience from a more authentic and organic place. And for me, that is allowing the people that work there to be the marketing champions, to tell those stories, to share their experiences. And it's only then will you recruit more you know, unique people that fit your brand and mm -hmm. what your brand is. Um, so I really believe culture is absolutely one of the most important factors today of any business. And if you're starting a business, step back and say, what is going to be my culture? What will be those values? And can I live them? Yeah. And create them based on that living because it's all about experience. That's what I gravitate to. Yeah. And I think sometimes when people re-examine who they are and they take another look at their brand values, um, they realize that, oh, wait, this isn't exactly what I want to be doing. I want to be living in this space over here. So it helps them shift their businesses, therefore their marketing, branding, their messaging, everything to what feels more authentic to who they are as a person, as a brand, and then what will bring in those ideal clients and customers as well. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And all of this now goes back to leadership. So, you know, mm -hmm. go back to well-being and, and or go back to any level of empathy and culture. 
we as leaders, we have to demonstrate that. We have to empower others and free them by our actions. So a good example, exactly this time last year, I was in a place for the first time in my life, I'm 58 years old, for the first time in my life, I could absolutely say, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And whether it was personal, work, COVID, all these yeah. things piled up on me. And I was not. And I'm like, hold on, I'm responsible for a lot here. And so I just wrote a letter one day to my entire staff and business partners and said, I'm not okay. So I'm going to check myself out for a week. Nice. And I did. I got more respect, more empathy, more appreciation from my team than I could have ever done by simply being vulnerable, right? By simply just allowing myself to be human. And then I recognized more people did it and they, and they came back stronger and better. So I created a dynamic of allowing people to do that. I'm a gay man and I try to champion the idea that you need to be yourself. If you yeah. can't be comfortable being yourself, go somewhere where you can because you're not allowing yourself to be the best that you can be. And you're not providing the best that you can be for those that are expecting you to bring the best every day. So be your whole self. And I challenge that with the way we, ch- you know, the dynamics are changing with guys painting their fingernails. Are you ready for that to come to work? Well, you better be because they have every right to. Guess what? My toenails are painted right now. So it's the dynamic that we are in today to say, I'm okay with me. And I'm okay when I'm not okay to say, I'm, I've got to fix me first. I understand what you need from me. I can give it to you better tomorrow. Today's not a great day. I'm going to focus on these things, but I'm going to bring my creativity to the table tomorrow. And if you can't accept that, that's not my bad. I was honest with you. (laughs) I told you exactly how I could perform best for you. So it's this weird dynamic where we have to learn to accept and we have to learn to be. And that's exactly what I want to champion right now, because I think profits will go higher. Relationships will be stronger and more authentic. And people will feel a lot more welcomed, a lot more appreciated, and we'll have a little bit of less wellness issues, you know, happening. You know, and that's during the pandemic, I had my own business. We were a team of all women, virtual. We started out just doing PR and then realizing like some team members were better at other things. And those are things that our clients also needed. And, but we really, I tried to be really consistent with our culture and I, even the people I don't work with day to day today, we're all in touch. We all have the great, greatest respect for each other. So I feel really good about that part. There are other parts I would have done differently, <laughs> of course. Yep. Um, but one thing I didn't we're do that you, just, yeah, that, you did, that you just talked about is I was really bad at going on vacation. I would always put myself, okay, nope, I'm going to go ahead and take that meeting. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And um, I didn't give myself that permission. I gave other people on the team that permission but we, from the top, you have to be, you have to show that we also, like you just shared, can be vulnerable and that we also need a timeout sometimes. So this year I've shifted to like, my words are really focus, intentionality in my actions, my deeds, but also moving from doing, doing, doing to just being and understanding what that means for me. I'd love that. And I, ha- I might even steal that. That's well, what it's, we- it comes, it's not me. It comes from, um, the monk manual. Oh, love it. Yes. It's a great book that kind of um, talks about how monks are really present. And, and so it ha- it's a great, you know, 
little notebook where I can put things in, but then it, it makes me take a step back and remember to add that being element and not just do, do, do. <laughs> we're conditioned to do, and yeah. we're conditioned to be measured on doing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's again, the generations that are still, you know, running business in a lot of cases have that ingrained legacy thought about what business is and what to be successful in business. But where we're talking about today, it's the idea of being and how much more you can bring to the table by just being you. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I'm trying to champion people and understanding in business that that empathy and culture and that whole self, that will increase revenue, that will grow your business, that will grow your fan base, that will grow your consumer base, that's going to grow your client base, all of that will happen by allowing people to be first in the boardroom, not profits. Yeah, man, you are, we are like, you're my spirit animal. I'm so happy. <laughs> this is like the best way to end a week work week because, you know, getting like, I'm so inspired. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad because, but it's so natural, right? It's so easy. You go, it's almost like a duh moment. You're like, okay, <laughs> you know, that makes a lot of sense. My husband and I love to travel. That's our, that's, that's where the money goes. Like yeah. everybody <laughs> in my, my world knows that we will travel and travel a lot. I always make myself accessible until there's a point where I say, I always make myself accessible this time. I'm not. Yeah. And, um, and I try to get people because we're a virtual based firm and we have been for 30 some years. So oh we know this You're really way ahead well. of the, yeah. The way ahead. Guys. Yeah. Like when the, when, when the pandemic hit, we were not doing TikTok, making bread and hanging out with our family because <laughs> it was the same day for us. Like, wait a minute, we're still virtual. Okay. Uh, but those, the whole dynamic of the way all of that has started to change for us, yeah. you know, and how that we understand that the emotional connection is marketing. The most powerful marketing right now today is emotional marketing. It creates a dynamic in which I get it. I understand that. I understand what you're either selling to me or communicating to me. I appreciate that. Therefore, I want that or need mm -hmm. that. And if we can break down some of that 80s and 90s corporate mentality that does not exist in this world today, it yeah. does not exist. So shameful if you're still thinking that and you're led by the prophet. If you can break that mentality down and you can empower your people to go on vacation, to check out when they're not okay. You know, my two business partners are women. The majority of my team are mommies mm -hmm. and they work so well in the world because they're these brilliant women who decided they no longer want to conform to nine to five. They want to have a family, but yet they want to still contribute professionally and grow and have their own personal life, not that of a mommy, mm -hmm. you know, fully. They are the most wonderful teammates that I have. I love working with them. I very proud to say how diverse our firm is. Um, and by doing so, we attract a lot more opportunities nice. because of the makeup and transparency of who yes. we are. I'm very comfortable saying who I am because I've worked in situations where I couldn't bring my whole self and I won't allow that of anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's another word um, that we didn't bring up was um, that you just said, and now it's escaping me. Um, it's really important to be transparent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's from management down yeah. and out back to the client base. So the other thing that I think is important for, you know, the listeners, and we think about marketing and brand, 
You can't sit in a room and say, this is the brand and this is our marketing message. And it's all based on an external outreach. Failure. If you don't bring it in-house first, Mm -hmm. if you don't get buy-in, if I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to say (laughs) about our brand, if you haven't shared that with me, how can I be successful of marketing or selling that brand? So what I've witnessed a lot of is there's this, we're deciding all this, then we're going to tell you it. Mm. And a lot of people go, eh, not feeling it, you know? But if you bring them into the process, if you ask, if you make a team dynamic of this, if you understand generational thoughts and you bring them in and then you unveil a brand, you're going to get a lot more buy-in and a client or a consumer is going to love the brand a lot more when the employees and the talent behind the brand loves the brand. And that's why that empathy and culture matters because you're creating a culture in which I love where I work. I'm appreciated, I'm appreciated, I'm valued, I have the ability and I'm empowered to do whatever I want to be successful for my client. Oh my gosh, what a great (laughs) culture to work for. And I'm going to tell you, super talented person, and you're going to come work there. And that brand is going to be extremely successful and very relevant. Yeah, man. Um, and that was actually going to be my next question is how to continue staying relevant. I think you've answered it pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to look at what's happening in the world, your clients, your consumers and walk the walk of them. It's, you, it's almost this, you can't be selfish about this in any way, shape or form. You have to be empathetic to the need. It'll make you a better innovator in creating products. It'll make you a better brander. It'll make you a better service provider. It'll make you a better everything. If you can be empathetic to the, what it is I provide you and how you need that from me. And, and it's just, I think amazing, something that was as insane and painful and disruptive as the pandemic was, a lot of beautiful things came out of the pandemic. And I'm a glass half full guy. So I loved being at home. You know, um, I loved the idea that I could create a dynamic in my shell. I'm a cancer. So I'm a crab. I want to be in the shell (laughs) and all those things. But what I also loved was watching humanity be respected and humanity was no longer a trend. It was real. And people were singing to each other from their balconies and helping each other. And the ultimate goal was how can I help the fellow man and woman out there? And, and then I think we look at what's happening today in the Supreme Court and p- politics and, you know, the world itself and Ukraine. And these are stressful dynamics and these are unpredictable things. And we are just every single day, it seems like since the day we shut down, yeah. whether it's Black Lives Matters, whether it's Juneteenth, whether it's gay pride, whether it's... Don't um, say gay. Men- <laughs> exactly. Women's initiatives, yeah. all of these things have really come to a head. And imagine what that's creating to your people. Imagine that from a well-being perspective. And or where does my brand fit into this? And, oh, should I say something? Should I be a part of this cause or should I not? A lot of struggles going on right now. I mean, look at Disney. Look at Disney. You know, yeah. yeah. Look at the power of Disney. And and we're big Disney people. We live in Delaware, but yet we have an annual (laughs) pass big Disney, super geeky Disney family. And <laughs> when Disney shut down, you think of a power of a brand. Everybody said, oh, Disney shut down. This is real. So when the measurement became that a pandemic was real because a brand 
chose to shut down. Look at the power in the brand, then look at it in its argument against, you know, the, 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 the gay community, the okay. LGBTQ community, and what's happening with DeSantos and in Florida. And you look at it from a tax perspective and you look at it from all these other things. Brands can be very powerful yeah. from um, that humanity perspective, that political perspective, that cultural perspective. And I think that's the other thing. If you can't respect what your brand brings to those, shame on you because now your brand's being led by ego. And we're getting rid of that. And I think that was a good case study for Disney as well with the employees, you know, saying, wait a minute, why are you not speaking up? Why are we not taking action? I mean, I have a friend who was high up in the Disney parks because based here in California, who is a gay man. And he sent me a text saying, I no longer have to move to Florida. And he was so happy <laughs> you know, um, because it's a thing. It's a really, you know, not just moving across the country, but also the political climate um, that he would be around every day of his life. Yeah. And, um, you know, the fact that some of the original Disney family members said, well, wait a minute, I'm gay, I'm trans, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. So, you know what, as a corporation, you better as well, because we need yeah. to support our employees. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was a great example of what you're talking about, of like the employees being able to have a voice and yeah. really show up and be authentic in who they are. And yeah even go back and say, you know, no, shame on you, corporate. That's, right. That's not who we are. Why aren't you saying something? Why aren't you showing up with the ideals that you espouse every day? So when you give your team, you know, I even hate to call them employees. I really think that, you know, if you can neutralize the level of, of hierarchy, eliminate hierarchy, you even welcome even a greater opportunity of diverse thinking, you know, and more inclusion in the way that we think about the, the service offering or even, or the product offering. And if you put all those dynamics in place, then you're going to create something that is going to be widely accepted, you know, not narrowly accepted. And I think that, you know, Disney's a great example of saying, our employees have a voice. And if you give a voice to the employees, you're going to have people ha give you those, those kind of cultural checks, those social checks, those things that we arrogantly think we can solve around a boardroom table of 15 old white guys. It isn't going to happen. You know, you need to have those other diverse voices to remind you that you're more than this. Yeah. And I'm here. Therefore, I'm a part of the fact that creates the dynamic that we are more than this. What are you going to do for me? Mm -hmm. To me, that's where all leaders need to be at that exact spot. You've shared so many gems. There are so many things any listener could pull out on people, culture, empathy, authenticity, transparency, plus, you know, the, the nice little marketing uh, things that we snuck in there in between. Yep. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience today? Yeah, you know, the one other thing I'm going to say is you, we, social media, if you incorporate, you know, social media and technology, again, one of those things where we originally started in a way that communicated it and sold it and articulated it, that in some ways created walls, false, mm -hmm. like the idea I said about PR and it being more vanity based when it's really not, if you really rethink that. 
And so social media, you know, we had this time where social media only worked if you responded back. It's a two-way street. <laughs> you have to engage. Do you know how many people shut down? I don't have time for that. I'm not going to do that. Well, social media isn't that, you know, it's those that want to expose and share and the voyeur that wants to watch and see. Mm -hmm. And, and there's less engagement than we expected out of it, but yeah. there's a lot more reception to what you give, a lot mm -hmm. more reading of your articles, a lot more reviewing of your videos. So I find it to be an extremely efficient and effective and powerful tool that we need to better understand. I worry about Twitter now. Uh, I, you know, I thought Twitter was very noisy in the first place. I'm concerned about what might happen to it now, but I am, I'm championing the idea of social Mm -hmm. podcasts, look, you know, what we're doing, the idea that you can find more ways in which you can share your story with the world. Yep. I highly champion those. The other is this new dynamic of communication, Zoom or whatever mm. else you want to call that. <laughs> I'm going to call BS on any company that says they cannot find diverse talent because Thank we've you. broken the law. Well, we've broken down the rules bricks and mortar no longer, you know, is, is the most important thing to focus on. You want to find that talent, then you have to accept the new business models we have, the new technology we have, and understand your clients, your consumers, everybody else is using the same technology. So it's time to embrace this new world, branch out, find more talent, accept it through the use of technologies, grow that diversity and inclusion base and be a relevant company. It's so simple because we've been given this beautiful opportunity yeah. coming out of the pandemic. It's how you choose to adapt to that change, right? And then move forward and say, this is who we are. This is what we represent. Now come. And that's what's going to happen. And that's beautiful. Do you, and I'm, hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot here, but do you have a favorite quote? God, I couldn't even think of it right now <laughs> if I did. No, I couldn't. Okay. No, I couldn't. I'm sorry. No, you, you lay down a lot of gems. And <laughs> I, I always have one that I keep in my head, which is um, be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. The Dalai Lama. Um, it's some, it's, those are some words that I choose to live by. And I just, you know, I always invite people to share a quote or not. I guess I don't always, but I try to when I remember. Um, but I think you've, you've given us so much great information um, and words of wisdom. So I really appreciate you coming on today and just thank you so much. Um, seriously, You're my spirit welcome. animal. It's awesome. And I know our listeners are going to get a lot of value from this episode. Well, I'm going to echo on what you said. And it's funny when you said it, because the thing that I say the most when I end anything in social media or anything else is always be kind <laughs> and be you. And that's all we can ask of each other. And therefore we will change the world and we will change the dynamic of the way that we work together, the way that we um, you know, find opportunities to innovate and grow together. It all is based on that idea of compassionate empathy and kindness and the ability to be strong and to say, I am who I am. And this yes. is what I bring to the table. And I hope that's what we start seeing more in our business. Yeah. Wonderful. Terry, thank you so much. Oh and my thank God. you. Thank to you. Our, oh, and thank you to our audience for coming back for another week of your brand amplified. I can't wait to share this episode with you and I'll be back again next week. Want more? Check out amplifywithannica.com or follow me on socials at amplifywithannica.com.